0: Welcome to The Rise, where each week we take a look at another film from the career of Jim Carrey. I'm one of your hosts, David Hurst.
1: And uh, I'm Tristan Linton.
0: Welcome to today's episode. Hello. Uh,
1: hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How good,
0: are you? I'm great. Uh, today we are looking at a very uh, little known um, Jim Carrey film called Once Bitten. Yeah, I, I, I
1: hadn't heard of this one when yeah. we uh, started looking into to who we were going to be focusing on. For yeah, this
0: being the first uh, first episode, we thought we'd start at the very beginning of The Great Man's Work. And if you don't know, this is a podcast about uh, Jim Carrey's uh, cinematic works. So we're looking mainly at uh, like Jim Carrey films. Yeah, so yeah. we're
1: we're starting from the
0: beginning. Yeah. We're going to go right through to yeah. his
1: uh, newer films, yes. but we're going to see the the whole gamut yeah. of Jim
0: Carrey. And did we pick a doozy to begin with? Um, <laughs> well, the- I think Jim Carrey
1: picked a doozy yeah. to begin with.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. It's,
1: it's the start of your career.
0: Yeah. You pretty much take what you, you can get. You take whatever you can get, uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I think, I think he has. I think he has with this one. But before we get into the film itself, let's take a look um, at Jim's Jim Carrey's career at this point. Yeah, because this is super important. We're going to try and check in every episode on where Jim is when he makes this film, and hopefully that'll help us sort of understand why he chose to make this film or the films that we're going to look at, which are all of them. So Jim is a very popular stand-up, a very, very popular uh, stand-up at this point. He has been uh on the rodney danger uh tour uh he did a rodney danger rodney dangerfield if you don't know who he is he's a very great um comedian he's the one who's like oh well ooh, like justice just no respect Not no respect. respect he does a film called ladybugs uh rodney dangerfield if you want to see him at his worst <laughs> check it out yeah, so he did like a national tour where he took a bunch of comedians and he jim carrey in that and jim carrey became basically one of the headliners and he even took him to like uh, Vegas where he was like made a quite a name for himself and then Jim Carrey decided to go to LA and try his uh, film career and uh, he made this film this is his first feature film he's made two TV movies that uh, she starred in by this point but we're only looking at like his premier sort of feature debuts uh, de- not debuts but uh, uh, outings I guess and it's also worth noting I thought that he has auditioned for Saturday Night Live before this and he uh, got denied. Him. Yeah. They didn't want him. And this is also before he does In Living Colour. Yeah. And he's 23 at this point. So, he's 23 when he's making this film. So
1: Yeah, because this was, what, 1985? This is
0: 1985, yeah. And
1: to put that in perspective yeah. for millennials like us, yeah. it's 10 years before he
0: does Ace Ventura. Also, for anybody playing along at home, is the year I was born? <laughs> it's the year I was born. Yeah. So this is the year that we. Well, it's probably a great place to start. Yeah. Really. Um. Yeah. So this is the year I was born. Is it worth stating now what the top films were in that year? Or we'll we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to, get to that. that. So yeah. So that's where Jim is. He's a very popular comedian. As everybody who's probably listening to this knows, is known for his rubber face and his crazy physicality. And is really like at the sort of getting to the point with stand up where he's like, I need more. I need to stretch out and I need to try a movie because I think a lot of people were telling him that he needs to do bigger comedy shows. And he said, No, I want to actually look at film and television. So that's where he is.
1: Let's jump into Once Bitten by the Number. So as we said, uh, this this is a film that was made in 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim is 23 at this time. The budget for this one was estimated to be 3.2 million dollars mm-hmm. uh, to make. And it uh, grossed uh, in its complete run uh, about $10 million. So Which is a hit. It, it, it made money. So that's yeah. kind of what you want for a film. Well, it
0: made, what, like three times budget and a bit? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit.
1: So it's it, a $3.2 million film. It, it's, not a, it's not a huge film yeah. but in, in the great sch- grand scheme of things. But um, in
0: 1995, would that have be been a big film? Uh, like a
1: big budget? Like, uh, not huge. Yeah. Not huge. But it, it, it's it's kind of one of these uh, teen sex comedies yeah. that uh, a lot of big actors kind of did to start yeah, off their careers. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, okay. Jim
0: is no exception. The director uh, Howard Storm. Uh, he was an interesting guy. Did you read up on him at all? Yeah, yeah. So he's a big like big big sitcom guy. Like he'd done like Alf, uh, Mork and Mindy, uh, and Our Perfect Strangers, to name a few. But like if you go through there. He's got he's got a foot in basically every 80s sitcom that you probably grew up watching. He's done an episode of it. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting when you look at some of the choices made <laughs> in this film. Uh yeah. Well, I thought a good place to start would be to give a bit of a synopsis of uh what happens in this film. So we'll go let's go point by point. There is a vampire uh called the Countess. The Countess. The Countess who the Countess. has a big mansion and she has a uh servant called Sebastian. And they, she needs to find a virgin who she needs to bite and suck their blood three times before Halloween.
1: But she's having a bit of trouble finding she that virgin because having. it is LA in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard to find a virgin because like everyone's doing it back and, then.
0: And she wants them to be 18 or over. Um, she's got standards. Yep.
1: We get introduced to the character of Mark. That yeah. is, of course, uh, Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. Uh, he is going out with Robin. They've been going out for four, four years? Six years. Six years. Yeah.
0: They've, they've been going steady for a while. And he's been putting the pressure on, uh, but she has also uh, been like waiting for the, the right time. Jim Carrey's character, Mark, and his three friends go into the city, uh, go into Hollywood, sorry, and uh, they go to a club where they're trying to pick up women, and that's where Jim meets Countess and comes back to her place where she bites him for the first time.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of goes back with her because uh, he, he wants to kind of get his first time uh, over and done with yeah. so she can go, he can go back to Robin without yeah. the pressure of that yeah. kind of losing virginity, which is not a great thing to do. No. Not
0: a great point, but he's a teenage boy being a teenage boy. Guys out there, don't do it. Then he tells Robin and they find out and they break up. Mark and Robin break up and it's, it's a really hard scene. And then uh, they get back together. Mark
1: is is really trying hard to to, to win her back and and being uh, delightful. And uh, uh, there's a a very cute scene in in her workplace, which is a,
0: a clothing store. Which is where the Countess turns up again and bites him for the second time. Yes, yep, and then they have their Halloween dance, so yes. Oh, but
1: before we get into that, yep. like because he's been bitten, yep. slowly he's turning into a vampire.
0: and, I, and uh, Robin clocks onto this and does a little bit of research on uh, what vampires are and, and how to and how to sort of defend herself and Mark against this vampire, and then she gets kidnapped by the countess Yes and uh, taken away where Mark and his two buddies go up to rescue her. And uh,
1: yeah yeah there's a bit of a a ceremony a bit of a a bit of a in, ceremony. In the end there because they've yeah. kidnapped her and, and trying to get him bitten yeah. for the third
0: and final time uh but uh spoilers uh she rescues him and then there's a big chase scene they do it they do it they He do is it. not a virgin anymore in the coffin that he was supposed to have when he becomes a full vampire, which I thought was a bit of poetic justice and uh yeah. So that is uh, that is a quick synopsis of the film that, uh, you know, or you can just watch it. <laughs> Up to you. Either or,
1: uh, or we've just uh, uh, kind of laid it out for you. So you don't have to watch it if you don't
0: want to. I think we'll start off by uh, looking at our favourite moments of the film. Yeah. Um, and I had two, re- uh, my two favourite moments are probably, um, and something that you'll probably learn from, listening to this podcast (laughs) is I like really, really random stuff and my favourite moment is uh, there's a scene in uh, when Jim goes back to school because he's 18. He's going to high school and his girlfriend, they're both in high school and basically he goes off to the city for this one night stand in LA and ends up sort of hooking up with his vampire or just as you do as you do uh classic uh high school am i right guys but there's a scene when he comes back to school when he's like slowly turning into a vampire or is he we don't know yes we do he is um where he's in a uh science class standing at the front of the science class with sunglasses on and he's got this frog open in front of it and he's dissecting a frog in front of the whole class and uh, the teacher walks in and sort of asks him what he's doing there and he's like dissecting a frog. She's like, yes, but you're not in this class. And then he sort of comes to himself, looks around, is like, oh, sorry, oh, okay, I'll leave. And then walks straight into the skeleton uh, behind him and walks out and has nothing to do with anything. Uh, it's never referenced again in the film. And and like he never has a moment of memory loss. He never has anything. It's just this. Re- I feel like it was just the actor going. I got a really funny gag, and they were <laughs> like, "Sure, let's do that."
1: That that, that I think that like was. He's, he's a vampire. He's
0: after blood. Yeah, maybe? yeah. There was that, but then like he put the frog back together and tried to close it over. It was and it like, nice. Yeah, it was really it was really weird, but it, laugh out loud funny for me. Yeah.
1: But also, he's in front of a, a class there who yeah. haven't said
0: anything. And they're sitting and just very patiently watching him, very patiently watching him do this thing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, like, I think one of the things I liked about it is it kind of reminded me of something that I would probably have done at high school. But the way he does it, it's like the first real kind of, and I'll go into it in a little bit, but like real glimpse of like, I'm like, ah. Oh. There's Jim Carrey. There's the Jim Carrey <laughs> that we know and love. But yeah, I love that moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that, that's the thing with this, with, with this film is uh, we, we know Jim Carrey, especially because um, I, I don't think you've seen the film beforehand. No, this, um, the first no, this,
0: this was the, I, and I watched this with my wife and we're both quite big Jim Carrey fans. So it was very, it was very interesting to watch over dinner.
1: That's it. That's it. And like, uh, I hadn't seen this before. So yeah. it was interesting yeah. to jump into his very first film project and and see him yeah. doing the script, but just putting little tweaks yeah. of the Jim Carrey that yeah. were in there. Yeah.
0: My other uh, favourite moment is the, the quickest moment in the whole film, but it's very, very funny. So they go, basically the Countess takes Jim Carrey's girlfriend, Robin takes her back um, and like is kidnapped her. And then he and his two... uh friends slash uh, sidekicks they go to rescue her and they uh, get caught and then they escape because they find fire and waving it all around the place and then there's this moment when they're running through the corridors and they run into like the final room and one of the so it's the goddess and like her henchmen and like one of the guys like punches through a door as they've been (laughs) bursting through walls bursting through the floor bursting through doors like destroying the place and this one henchman like punches through this door to open it and there's this moment where the goddess turns and just goes you know every time you punch through a door i have to pay for that <laughs> and then the henchman just like leans forward and turns the handle and the door just opens and then he just does this like "ooh, sorry kind of face and i was like great just just that like i, I thoroughly enjoyed that moment
1: A few like little bits for me just kind of stood out as uh, not necessarily funny moments, but I'm like, I, I see what you did there. I, I, I like that. Um, I think some of my favourite parts of this film is when they're they're playing with vampire lore Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like the Countess has uh, a bunch of henchmen, or uh, I, I I guess previous virgins that she yeah that have sucked. become
0: become vampires. Um, yeah. and she
1: she's kind of looking after them. She hosts them at a big yeah. fancy castle house, and they each have their own kind of individual coffins. Yeah, that are <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah very custom to their yeah. very stereotypical character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's like bodybuilder one, he's got all his sort of gear and then there's like the southern uh, guy from the uh, Confederates. I yeah, think? it's like
1: the and, Confederate vampire. Think, yeah, and, and, his, and he's got the character. he's got the
0: Confederate flag up, and he's like cleaning his gun, and, and he's like wearing the uniform. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. I thought that was quite. I thought that was quite a fun little <laughs> choice to make. I was like, yeah, that's great.
1: Um, but one of uh, well, one of the the great bits of Vampire lore that they they played with, and uh, I actually really enjoyed, is there. There's a moment. Um, you've got the Countess, and of course you've got um her Butler. Sebastian. Yeah. um, Who was great. Who was great, but I I still, I'm like, is he a vampire? Is he a servant? He's lived for,
0: like... 300 years or uh, 399 years, they decide. There,
1: there's a really lovely moment where she's gone to look in the mirror to I think, do her makeup or something. Uh, but, of course, she's a vampire, yeah. so she doesn't have a reflection. So he sits down opposite kind of where a mirror would be, Yeah, but they're taking the mirror out. Yeah. He sits down opposite her and throws compliments her way yeah. about how she's looking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's she, quite sweet. You're like, an evil vampire, she's like, she's but...
0: Like, how are my eyes? And he's like, oh, they're radiant. And he's doing all right. That was actually the moment then when we were sitting there. We're like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really, really And I felt like it was a real genuine moment between the actual actors. This yeah. real moment of play. And yeah, that was really funny. Oh, and actually one of my other favorite gags is every time um, the Countess walks into her bedroom. She's like, all right, Sebastian, come out of the closet. And he's like, I came out of the closet years ago. Oh, one of my other
1: uh, kind of Jim Carrey moments that like is completely innocuous, but like really made me laugh quite loud was uh, I think the first scene that he's with his friends. So they're in a clown burger joint. What's the
0: burger joint? Yeah, yeah, it's a giant clown's head, which is like a food truck esque. Burger joint. Yeah. Yeah. It was very strange.
1: Um and he's ordered a burger from them as they're having a bit of a chat about uh how Jim Carrey can't get laid. Yeah. Um and he picks up the patty that's been quite burnt um and gets uh gets really angry and says, uh Cool that burnt, it's still meowing. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: was and
1: very- it yeah, it yeah. just tickled me a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oh the other moment I think is worth a reference is the dance number. That happens in like the second sort of half of the film at the prom with uh, Jim Carrey's character and then the Countess and then his girlfriend Robin and they sort of have this dance off with him and stuff. And it is very, very good. (laughs) Like the actual dancing in it. I was like, you know what? I feel like everybody in this film could have just been a professional dancer and I wouldn't have known. Like Jim Carrey is very, very good. Robin is very good. And the Countess is very good. And I'm like, I reckon most of your rehearsal was that. I I
1: think that makes the film. Oh, 100%. That scene makes the film. 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Out of everything, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but if you see one thing from Once Bitten, it is that dance number. It is incredible. Not not just because they're very talented dancers, but it kind of fits into the plot, funnily enough.
0: Yeah, it actually... um... Because the counter something we should mention is the counter starts like after she gets her first bite she needs three and then she like pops up again in a changing room and then she's popping up at the dance which is the pre Halloween hop you know the pre Halloween hop yeah because you don't want to have one on Halloween no that would be crazy Um, and so she pops she turns up again to like have her last bite and take his uh, suck his blood. Um, and it's just this great sequence of like them fighting and trying to make it a dance but also her trying to win power and Robin finally like standing up for her man and stuff like that like yeah it's good it's good good yeah. scene
1: so you got the, the yeah the two female characters fighting over yeah. the Jim Carrey character and this is another one of those moments yeah. in the film where Jim Carrey gets to do his
0: thing oh my god there is a moment where like he's like turning to each of them and reacting physically to what they 're throwing at him, and he 's just snap snap, snap, and it 's so good. I was watching it like that would be so hard to do and,
1: and I think I think it was that scene that probably well i mean he didn 't propel really out of this film no because uh, it did take a, a little while, but i 'm sure mm. that was uh, kind of a moment that he probably was able to sell himself yeah, absolutely absolutely to Hollywood
0: especially if you you know as we will we'll go into what where he goes from here that one scene is the moment where like you really start to see Jim do what he does best let's get the cringe moments there. yeah this cuz it's 1985 uh, there is some cringe in this film that oh my god
1: there, yeah, this film definitely has not aged well,
0: no,, uh, uh, would you like to go first with this one?
1: well, like fir- first up, there is a the singles bar scene Ugh. which uh, was pretty cringeworthy. Uh, I want to say, like I think I think this kind of bar was a thing,
0: yeah, so the, the, so just for you guys uh playing along at home, it's a club where you go and you get a table. And there's a telephone on your table and you can look around at all the other tables of everybody else in the club and you like ring them on the phone and talk to them before you go over and have a drink with them. It's actually, I was was like, it's a kind of an interesting idea, but... They really quickly figure out why it doesn't work. <laughs> it's basically
1: it, it's Tinder for the for yeah. 1985.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, unlike Tinder, their person is right there. Yeah. So, yeah. but instead of going up to them, you're like, hey, you call them and and see if they're interested. And then if they're not, then you just hang up and call somebody else.
1: Yeah, you use your line. I'm a mature person. You're, you're a, a mature, mature person.
0: person. Um, so that's not. <laughs> Worry about all this bullshit and let's get into it.
1: The cringe-worthy moment kind of comes from uh, one of uh, Jim Carrey's character's best friends. uh, Notices a pretty lady, calls her up, uh, gets invited over to her table and turns out that she's a trans woman.
0: Yeah, yeah. And...
1: Kind of handles it in a very kind of 80s, yeah, quite transphobic way. And right. unfortunately, if we look at the rest of Jim Carrey's career, I think this is not the first yeah, kind time of, we're going to be talking yeah, about really gonna, bad transphobic
0: jokes. It's going to come up again, unfortunately. Um But yeah, that was one moment where I was just like, and I even felt a little bit like the actor playing the trans character sort of saw it as a joke as well but also like played it in a way where I was like yeah all the power to you when they were like oh you know like her line is something along the lines of I don't remember the exact words but like oh you know you don't you don't know how what you're missing out on or something like that and I was like yeah good on you like it's not her it's actually him that's the problem but I also like didn't didn't age, didn't sit very well, that whole thing. No, no, not at all. The one for me there was two, but the one for me that I kind of was like, Oh no, don't do that is they go, um so Robin, Jim Carrey's girlfriend, Jim Carrey's character's girlfriend, sorry, um, goes into a bookshop to research uh vampires, vampires. and uh is met by the, the owner of the bookshop, who is a very, very white man. Uh, I did a bit of research on him. Uh, from uh, English countryside. Yep. And does a terrible, terrible uh, Indian accent. Yep. I'm not going to do it uh, because <laughs> it's part of the problem. But yeah, just just one of those things where you're just like, why? Like, who made this choice? Did the actor just turn up and do this, or did somebody ask him to do this?
1: I think why? I think it's a comedy thing. I think that this this is a a time yeah. where those kind of stereotypes and. Was seen as as something funny to do. Yeah, which... but like
0: one thing that they didn't do, which I was quite happy with in this particular scene, is they didn't sort of m- try and make him an idiot. Yeah. Or like they didn't like make him clumsy, or they didn't make him mispronounce words and stuff like that. You know, like the sort of like uh, Jerry Lewis kind of yeah, sixties fifties kind of thing. Like he just has this accent and and uses some of the um, you know, colloquialisms of that particular accent. But then it's actually quite helpful. It yeah. actually teaches us quite a lot about this particular vampire and stuff very quickly. But is also like why like give him a British accent. Yeah. Make him like an old scholar or something like that, you know. But
1: it, it it's a scene of of exposition. It but it yeah. was a pretty dull scene. And I I can see the choice that they've made. Yeah. They've gone, Oh, we're just saying things. This is a comedy, we need it yeah. to be funny. Yeah.
0: Let's make him have a funny accent, and it just—it does not sit well. It no. doesn't. It did not age. I, I would actually say, even at the time, people were probably like, "What is yeah. happening?" That guy, though, uh, actually was one of the writers for "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, um, all right, great." Uh, yeah, quite a quite a well known writer. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah," but yeah, not. I did not enjoy that one at all.
1: Oh no, uh, there, there is one. Even worse yeah. scene mm. that just, uh, oh, it, it, it graded me. On actually, the actually the angered me. So it's a scene where Robin, Mark's girlfriend, asks his best friends to check his thighs yeah. for bite marks. For bite marks, Uh, because that's where the blood is most potent, and that's where the Countess, uh, if she was a vampire, because they don't know for sure, but they're just assuming that she's a vampire, would have bitten um, the character of Mars yeah so the friend's decision is after sports class yeah everyone is in the showers yeah and there is this kind of scene between uh, jim kerrick's character and his two friends either side of him in the showers with his friends trying to look for these
0: bite marks high high on the inner thigh yeah um yeah. Yeah, it's one of those scenes where like we meet them as they're walking into like the lockers and they're trying to have a look and and then he goes into the shower. One of the guys grabs him and the other guy um, who's sort of gone down onto one knee grabs his other leg to like put it up in the air and then one of the other people having a shower turns around and he uses a very derogatory term for a homosexual person, which we're not going to repeat because it doesn't need to be repeated. Uh, but then uh there's a uh, a panic and everybody starts yelling this word out and they run out of the room and um yeah it's it's not great it's 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 really really not great and it, it it's also it's one of those points where you, i i don't know i kind of felt like the actors were like didn't really want to do that like it was just well even yeah.
1: even in the film the next scene
0: yeah jim carrey's character goes why didn't you just ask me which is a great punchline for that particular scene but why didn't like why didn't you just allude to that scene? It was like, why did you guys were attacking me in the shower? Like, you know, like you didn't, we didn't actually need to see that scene. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, that wasn't good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't appreciate that, and it didn't age well. But uh, there you go. Hang. Yeah, I think
1: there were the three main yeah. offences in yeah. this film. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you might be able to talk about it being a product of its time, but yeah, I think absolutely. Are fantastic examples of a film not aging well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure we're going to come across a lot more as we go along.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, a few other bits of this film yeah. that we definitely need to talk about. Let's talk about. The car, Jim Carrey's car. I feel like this is going to be a great thing to track yeah, through his career. Yeah. Is the crazy cars of Jim Carrey? Yeah. Um. So I mean, like, I think everyone, when you learn to drive, you get a pretty interesting car. Your first car yeah. is usually, usually, pretty interesting. What was what was your first car?
0: Uh, my uh, first car was a uh, 1998 Holden Apollo Toyota Camry. Which I ended up putting like a massive subwoofer in the boot, uh, nice. but yeah, like it was, it was, it was a grandpa car when I got it. <laughs> so no, it was ninety one. It was a ninety one Holden Apollo, not a nineteen ninety. Come on, but yeah, interesting first car. Yeah. Yours? I
1: I had the the family car, which was uh, the uh, Nissan Nimbus. No, which kind of looks a little bit. It was silver, so it yeah. looks a little bit like a DeLorean, okay. but like. Station wagon because we had a, a had a big family so right. it was a a seven seater car so you've got your normal seats yeah. and then in the back yeah. there were some extra seats yeah
0: I thought you meant the first car that I owned the first car that I learned to drive in was a, a Ford Falcon a big canary yellow one which was my <laughs> mum's car uh, I love that car but uh, not good for uh, picking up uh, ladies uh, <laughs> at all.
1: Well, I'm, I'm surprised uh, Jim uh, or Mark in the film yeah. could uh, pick up with the car that he's got because he's got an ice cream truck. Like, yeah,
0: a legitimate ice cream le- truck. It has half an ice cream, like, stuck on the back.
1: Which I saw that and I was like, yes, yeah. this is fantastic. That is a great choice. Yeah. And the first of many very strange vehicles that we're going to see yeah. Jim carry in throughout his career. And never explained. And he's a really horrible ice cream salesman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he never actually sells ice cream to so anyone. Anyway, he never. No one ever eats the ice cream he has.
1: Yeah, no one. No one eats it. No one buys it. He's got some potential sales. Yeah. Uh, he's in the middle of making out with his girlfriend, yeah. and someone comes up and knocks on the door. Yeah, and uh, he's too angry at him to yeah.
0: uh, make a sale. Yeah, but missing out there, Mark. I think something worth noting. Uh, looking like an a functional ice cream van. <laughs> Because he opens it and, like, the smoke, like, the steam sort of, not steam, uh, the mist. Frost. Frost. Actually pours out of it. I'm like, that's ac- that's a legitimate ice cream truck. That's not a prop. And I was like, that's a really interesting choice. Why would they have made that choice? I,
1: I, I think it was just uh, something funny. And yeah. I quite enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I think they wanted to sort of paint him in a very particular light of kind of like the geeky kind of like you want to go oh that's probably why he hasn't got laid yet
1: a bit a bit of a lovable loser
0: yeah and and like the first sort of scene we see with he and robin is like he's trying to let's be honest pressure her into having sex in his ice cream van and she is like no which has a very funny scene where he gets out of the car and every single car around them (laughs) people are like having like pretty like intense sex around them which is super weird
1: um, but just, I, I kind of wanted that ice cream truck, right? I,
0: I would drive that 100%. Yeah. Um,
1: an ice cream truck that has bells on the front that never ring, but, uh, I, uh, uh, the ice cream truck music as well is right? the horn. It's the horn. Is it the horn? When he presses the horn,
0: that's the ice cream truck. That's, that's the horn.
1: Uh, but that was one of the, my favorite parts. Of yeah. The film was that ice cream drug?
0: Yeah, I was like, why? Why are we doing this?
1: <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about the logic of the film. Okay, Dave. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> and, and just something that is perplexing me a lot. Okay. Bit. Um, so, the Countess. Yes. Needs to have the blood of a virgin three yes. times. Yes. One thing that I'm a bit confused about, like how long between bites. Does she? Does she need like mm. why can't she just do the three then and there?
0: like she's well, got him there she says she says after the first bite while he's still asleep, I need him to go home and get up his strength because there's nothing worse than tired blood, but she apparently has the ability to appear anywhere, so why doesn't she bite him, send him home next night, pop up in his room, bite him while he's sleeping, then again. Film done.
1: Yeah, look, she could be a bit more efficient. This is what yeah, saying. yeah. But also, like, she has to bite him three times. Mm. Why is the film called Once Bitten?
0: Oh, oh, that is a very good question. It's just a bit confusing because, because yeah, because Once Bitten, he does not become a vampire. Gonna be bitten three times. Apparently, uh, yeah. Okay, I guess they kind of did the three bites to give them an out, an out, so he doesn't become a vampire. And sort of get the coat, yeah. Yeah,
1: and you, you needed him kind of slowly transforming into yeah. a vampire.
0: But um also like why, yeah, why we'll call it ones bitten? I think it's just for the song. words bitten. But they they wrote the song for the film. Yeah, okay, yep. Um ice bitten it works. It works. It does we'll we'll re record it. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, you got me on that one. Yeah, but you do raise a very interesting point. Love a, love a good movie that has a song written for it.
0: Yeah. Very
1: very eighties that one.
0: Very, very eighties. They um, used
1: any opportunity
0: they could. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. They were just like like, hey, this is a movie uh about a vampire. We've got a song, great.
1: That that's what you need for for an eighties comedy. Yeah. Like you need um someone that is gonna become yeah. a big day. Yeah. Uh crazy fashion. Yeah and a song written specifically for
0: the film. Well, look okay, look, let's look at the number 1 film of that year. Yeah. In comparison, which is Back to the Future. Yeah. Um both about a teenage uh boy with a girlfriend uh and they uh sort of get wrangled in with a older person who takes them on a very crazy adventure and it has a, a song that goes along with it. One is and that film is uh Back to the Future, yeah. which I said, The Power of Love, right? That's the that's the song. This has one bitten. But the handles, but the, and they both paint very similar pictures of high school, as well, which I thought. But like, I was just like, I feel like, yeah.
1: And interesting to note that uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, yeah, was uh, th- they kind of pursued him to, yeah, um, to star in this film to take yeah. the the Jim Carrey role. Yeah. But the uh, producer at the time thought that he couldn't, he, he wasn't good enough to or strong enough to,
0: to be the lead of a film.
1: He's kicking himself.
0: He 100%. But I also feel like I don't think Michael J. Fox would have been good in this film. Well, he was good
1: in this film. It's called Teen Wolf. Yeah, okay. 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 No, you are right. This is basically Teen Wolf, but with Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, I love Michael J. Fox. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry for over-doubting you, uh, Mr. Fox. Now, a lot of people don't know this about you, Tristan, but you are a filmmaker. A little bit you're a little bit of a filmmaker um what are you what's your what's your filmmaker's opinion on this film there's a lot that I really liked about this film. Yeah. There's
1: a lot that wasn't so great about this film. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of my favourite things, kind of coming from a filmmaker's perspective, um, that I really enjoyed was the opening of this movie. So I'm I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to long takes. I love yeah. I love a good long take. I love a, a, a scene that kind of plays out. Over a long period of time, there are no cuts um, and it's just kind of staying yeah. staying with the actors in, in what is proceeding. And that's how this film
0: starts. Yeah. It's for- great cold open, great cold open.
1: It, it starts, uh, the scene itself goes for... Two minutes and 50 seconds is choreographed, choreographed to music. Um, and it's just uh, the character of Sebastian, mm-hmm. the, the butler, um, kind of walking through the house, uh, preparing um, for the countess to wake up, yep. you know, getting her, her breakfast and slowly going up the, the stairs. Uh, what is her breakfast? What is her breakfast? I forget. Uh, Aus-
0: oh, it's... Uh- 17th century Austrian peasant blood. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. It's a, a good I was, drop. I was like... That's just a lovely little detail. Like they, they play this little game where he's like, what is it? And she's like, mm, Austrian peasant, 17th century. Yeah, <laughs> it's good.
1: So, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit of a sucker for a long take. Mm. So uh, I, I think it's a really bold choice to start mm. off a film and um, really enjoyed that, that that was the choice that they made. I think another interesting point to make about this film is um, the, the, the gender swap of of the story so um it, it kind of plays off your your traditional um vampire story yeah. i guess of of uh, uh, usually it's like dracula or a, a male vampire yeah. having to go after um female virgin uh prey yeah um whereas this this makes i guess the really I'll say it again, bold choice of kind of flipping that and having um, the the big bad vampire being a a female after um, some male uh, virgin uh, victims. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of an an interesting decision to make and I think it, it worked really well. Um, in, in this film, it seems to be a, a bit of a trend at the moment of of uh, kind of these gender swaps. Mm. Uh, we've had things like Ghostbusters, yeah, which kind of courted a bit of controversy. But if yeah. you look at a film like this, like it's 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 happened before. This and I think yeah,
0: and I think it's all the better for it. Yeah, ultimately, and, and I think without it, you don't get sort of Robin's big arc through the story as well, where at the end she becomes this like real becomes a real badass, really. Yeah. And sort of, she ends up saving him, even though he's come to save her. And yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that that's where where the the the, the interesting comedy comes into yeah. it. Um, just having kind of that that swap is really interesting uh and and there's kind of like a lot of schlocky uh comedy to this film and there's a lot of um um, really kind of obvious slapsticky generic choices but i think the when it comes down to it the heart of the comedy of this film is that swap but i think it it succeeds in that aspect
0: and there's a really interesting um comment in this film about um like feminism yeah i think in a weird way like you know because like robin and mark have been going like going out for six years yeah she's saving herself and waiting but then you know like and mark's best friends are both like your sort of typical sleazeballs but they're very uh innocent mm. and there's one thing when they go into a laundromat and try to pick up women <laughs> and one of them ends up in a wa- in a dryer for picking up the woolen and the other one sees what he's going to do and then meets him and then really goes like aggressively sexual towards him and scares him away and I think there's a really lovely statement in there mixed with all the cringy stuff we just said but mixed in there of just like kind of like sort of women's empowerment and like women being the masters of their own sexual destiny really as said by a straight (laughs) white man (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I, 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 you know, I quite enjoyed that.
1: I'll let you uh, kind of speak to the acting and, and kind of Jim Carrey's performance.
0: Oh, I should probably mention along the way here uh, that, like, I'm a trained actor and I teach acting, so that's why I'm coming at it from an actor's yes. point of view. Yes. that's <laughs> worth mentioning at this point. That's
1: our thing. I come from a filmmaker's perspective. You come from an actor's perspective. I do.
0: I do. And, and we come together. And we come together and really dissect a film. Yeah. Um. I look. I. I had I had trouble with Jim Carrey's performance in this at times. Um and I think it's that weird thing where you like you know what somebody is capable of. And um one of the my main my main note on Jim Carrey's performance is that like he's it's almost like he's not following his impulses. Um, especially at the start of the film, I felt like you could sort of see him fighting against the scene and especially the scene after the first time that he and the countess are together after they go out and and sort of she, he wakes up and he doesn't know what's happened and he thinks they've slept together, but he's not sure. And there's this real, it's a real weird scene and you can sort of see him trying to fight it. And there's a couple of bits like when Tab- he realizes Sebastian's standing next to him and goes to put his pants on and like you can see him like put it in his body immediately and sort of flick around and whatever, what he does. And then it sort of goes away and then he goes back to like playing it almost straight. And and I I struggle with that because I was kind of like you're 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 not playing the scene you're not working the scene but then as the film goes on I'd be very interested to know if they shot this film in order mm. or like what was shot when because as the film goes on he like I feel like they sort of the filmmakers trusted him a bit more or he trusted him a bit more and he's like offers get bigger and like he starts doing a lot more stuff physically cuz like when you come to the end of the film when they're back at the mansion and they're about to do the ritual his performance if you compare that to the, his performance at the start yeah. of the film very very different now I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would say well you know he's an actor he's plotted that performance and that may be true but that is not the way it reads it really reads at the start like he was like like just a lot of times like things would happen and i felt like he was like kind of going do i do this offer? Because, you know, Jim Carrey's an amazing improver. Do I do this offer or do I hold back? And then there's a couple of times where he does it and it's great. And there's a couple times where he holds back and sort of does half of what he should do and it doesn't hit right. So as a as an actor watching him, I was kind of just like, oh, you've, you're missing it. And then he sort of warms into it. And by the end of it, you're like, this is great. Yeah. But at the start, I was just a bit like, oh, this is cause there's like a scene where he and Robin are making out, and he's trying to like basically sleep with her in his car, which I'll let you get to his car <laughs> um but um the way it's played is it's like it's awkward, but it's not awkward in the way that like oh, you know she doesn't want to well it's actually awkward because like they don't know how to play the scene, and they're not working, they're not working yeah. together, but by the end of the scene, I felt like by the end of the play, like the play sorry. Old theatre happens <laughs> By the end of the film, they're actually working together. Yeah. And like, I feel like they're a lot more comfortable with each other by that point. And that's where they, their chemistry... Like Because by the end of the film, they've got great chemistry together. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, these people are actually together. But especially, oh, especially when they have their argument at school. Yeah. And they, So they do this shot where she finds out that he's gone out on the weekend and hooked up with the counters. And they're breaking up and they're walking through a school. And the pauses... That you you could, and as my old acting teacher would say, you could drive a truck through that pause. And it's just say something, Mm. do something. Like, yeah, I really struggle with that scene. I'm like, you're both better than this. To the point that I wrote down is, I don't think Robin is an actor. I was really like, I don't think this woman is an actor. She is, or she was at the time. Um, but then again, by the end of the film, you're like, she's great. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I've got to say about Jim's acting in this film.
1: You can see those those flourishes. Mm. So I don't know if maybe the direction of this film really uh, kind of locked in yeah. that Jim Carey-ness. Uh, maybe it wasn't as as inviting for him to be a, a, a bit more natural. Like
0: he does a, one of the most Jim Carrey things he does in this film, and it falls flat. Is after he leaves the Countesses for the first time, he goes. Uh, and get something from his car, and then offers it to like in a very funny way of something, <laughs> and offers it to the Countess and Sebastian, and they're not playing the scene with him, but he doesn't really know what to do. I guess he doesn't have that experience yet, so he just kind of goes all right and leaves. And you're kind of like you missed it. there's a there's a punchline there which you've missed, mm-hmm. uh, but that comes with as we know with experience. Yeah, yeah he does get there. Yeah. Um, something that I think is probably worth talking from an acting point of view is um, the um, the parents. Jim Carrey's parents in this film. What an v- extremely strange performance choice by both of them. <laughs> One, I was like how old are his parents supposed to be? And two, I was like, have these people ever spoken to anybody ever? <laughs> his dad comes in and, and like finds him sleeping in like his trunk at even end of the bed using it as a coffin. Cause he's like sec he's already had the second bite. So he's becoming more of a vampire, but his dad does this strangest performance. Like the timing is all over the place. I don't think he knows what parts of his dialogues are the jokes. And I've, feel like the two actors waiting for the other actor to do something and they don't and then the dad leaves and jim's like okay (laughs) and that's it it was
1: a bit of an odd scene
0: it was extremely odd and i was like i might steal that scene for the next workshops i teach (laughs) but yeah as an actor i was just like i would have given anything to be on set that day because that would have been like i feel like they did it and they went cut and they gave them the direction and jim was like great Couldn't do that. And the dad just came in and did the same thing seven or eight times. And they (laughs) were like, cool. All right. We got it. We got it. Yeah, Yeah, we got it. Okay, let's move on. Like far out. Like, um, One thing that I just... One of my last real actor's opinion that I have is the school dance that they go to. They go to this school dance. I just dress up. uh, Mark and his uh, girlfriend are supposed to go with Jack and Jill. She goes as Jill, he doesn't come. He just comes dressed normally. And there's a running joke that he wins the best costume for being a vampire and he's like, <laughs> I'm not wearing a
1: costume. It's a great gag.
0: But the school dance, I'm almost certain is a legitimate school dance that they filmed at. The costumes all look handmade, probably by the <laughs> actors. And like the band looks legitimate. Like everything in it. Everybody, all the extras, everything. Like I, I'm a big one for extras. I was looking at them. and I'm like, I feel like these people are actually at their school dance having a really good time. And they were like, oh, we want to film a thing at your school. And they were like, we'll make the costumes. We'll put on a dance and you guys come and film. And even like when they're doing the big dance number, they look a bit tired because they've probably done it two or three times. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we get it. But everybody like clapping is like, yeah, okay. Like we're in a film. And I love that stuff. I love it. I love it when you're just like, you are not acting. You are just there. And, and saying that, like, I will say this. I feel like everybody, bar the parents and bar the librarian, was actually going for it in this film. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody was really trying to work it, trying to work the script and and, and and make it work. And I just feel like Howard Storm, the director, I think a little bit because of the sitcom background, maybe made some interesting choices. But other than that, like, I, I feel like everybody, like, was genuinely trying to give a good performance and work a scene, which is great to see. Anything
1: else uh, that needs to be said? Um, I think we covered a lot of this film.
0: I think the last thing we need to know is, uh, is this a rise or is this a fall? I'm going to say it's a rise. And I'm going to say this because I look at this film and I look at Jim Carrey and I go, the camera loves him. The camera eats him up and I go, it's all there. It's all there. And it and it shows him off. It shows off what he's going to do in years to come. This is purely an access for one of you, and I feel like it was a good stepping stone for him. Like it's a, it's a classic '80s kids sex romp, teenager sort of thing going on. So I think for me personally, it's a rise. I, I think I'm going to have to go with full
1: for this one. And
0: oh. Not 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 a complete full. I yeah. think
1: I think for me is I, I'm taking into perspective all of the other films kind yeah. of in this genre at th- the same time. Yeah. And when you compare it to those ones, when you um, compare it to things like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, when you yeah, compare okay. it to like John Cusack's film, Better Off Dead, uh, okay. e- even things like uh, Ferris Bueller, yeah. um, when you look at those kind of teen sort of sex comedies, yeah. like, they, they do things a lot better, age a lot better. That was one of the falls for me was, I, I think those cringeworthy moments that we talked about. Yeah, they, okay. they just leave a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. But what, what, where, where it's not a complete fall is, yeah. I think, Jim Carrey's performance. I think he really holds the film and it's nice to see those little Jim Carreyisms in there yeah. and him getting some confidence around who he's going to be as an actor yeah. um, and the dance scene.
0: And the dance scene, mate. Do yourself a favour. Check out the dance scene. Well, that is it. Uh, That is it for the first episode of The Rise. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed uh, talking about this film. We enjoyed watching this film. Um, if you have any comments or things that you would like to say, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Dandel.fun. Uh, you can leave a comment on there or a message on there, and we can get we can get back to you. And uh, what are we looking at next? What's our next film?
1: Oh, I think the the uh, next film will be Earth Girls Are Easy.
0: Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, check it out, and we will see you guys soon. Thank you very much. I've been Dave. I've been Tristan. See ya. Thank you.